From the PSIA ASI studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair. And what a great guest we have for you this evening. Jen Metz is joining us. Jen, thanks so much for taking the time to talk. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure, George. Thank you very much for uh, bringing me in today. Jen, I had the wonderful experience of skiing with you for a couple of days uh, this past week and uh, really learned a lot. And it was so revealing to speak with you about some of the ideas you have. And I've really been looking forward to this discussion. Well, thank you. Thank you. I look forward to sharing some ideas. So where would you like to go with this? Well, it kind of rhymes at the beginning, because <laughs> one of the things you were talking about, and what I'd heard from Dave Gregory as well, is that we want to teach the skills, not the drills. And what's kind of the fundamental behind that? Well, I think you have to, and, and I tend to use the word drills and tasks synonymously. Um, so, you know, I think that, that sometimes we have to recognize that what the purpose of a task is, that um, whole skiing is very patterned you know there's a lot of moving parts going on and for most skiers you know whether they're instructors or trainees they're not always aware consciously competent of exactly what they're doing there are a lot of um, automatic movements going on and it's it can be very overwhelming to try to change more than a couple of pieces of that pattern at any given time and yet uh, you know the the conundrum then lies in the fact that you you've got to find the piece within the whole and be able to identify it and and make that the focus change and so a task or a drill is a great opportunity to take our skiing and digress it into the component parts and 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 really get a, a firsthand understanding of of kind of a cause and effect. In other words, if I move my body like this, my ski performs like that. And I get to anchor it in not only an understanding, but a kinesthetic. And now I've got something that, that I can really um, focus on and recognize and bring it very gradually back into the whole of skiing. And so if that's what a task or a drill does, then what's what's important is not the setting of the task or the drill, but what it is that we're focusing on and the relevance back to whole skiing. Now, let's really take this into our training. And I think about sports and cycling because I do it so much, and I always want to train my weakness, even though I hate to do that. <laughs> Is that something we should bring into our ski training as well? Really train those things where we are not all that strong? That's a really good question. You know, and I never really, I don't really think of it as strengths or weaknesses, but more along the lines that, um, I mean, first and foremost, we are educators. And um, for any of us to be educators, we have to continue along that educating, educational uh, continuum ourselves, which means we need to, um, we, we, we best are going to serve our guests if we are constantly learning. And, you know, if I were to define learning, um, it would be a, a permanent change in my understanding and my behavior. So if I'm trying to change something that I already do really well, I'm not necessarily going to have as much success or there, there really isn't as much opportunity, I don't think, as, as, as well as if I look at myself as a, as a, as a well-rounded provider of 
guest experiences and I need to be able to meet any of the needs they bring to me. You know, um, I, I love the word. I don't even know if it's a real word, but I think of myself as being, I've got to be a chameleon. I have to be chameleonic for my guests and I have to be able to do what they need me to do. So if I can only do my strengths, then I'm the center of the lesson. It's, it's, it's instructor centered. It's not guest centered. So I, I think that we, uh, it, that it's really important to um, not look at it necessarily strengths and weaknesses, but just looking, look at ourselves as, um, as, as, as broad reaching in all of our skills and opportunities, abilities as possible, and definitely make sure that we're reaching into all those areas. I love what you just said, because it's making me think that our approach and our motivation to our own training really has an effect on our approach to our teaching. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, that said, training and teaching are, although there's some overlap and there's some similarities, such as if our training is experiential, then our ability to hang on to that understanding is much uh, longer lasting. Um, and that definitely carries over that ability to, to take those processes and create an experiential learning environment for our guests. But we have to remember that um, our guests are, or, or our learners are in a, you know, and, and ski instruction is a, it's kind of this fun and funky mix of recreation, of education, and guest service. And we can't always assume that every guest in a lesson wants to make the education portion the priority. So uh, where I'm going with this is that if I'm a trainee and I'm learning from one of my coaches or my trainers or my mentors, it's going to be at a level of sophistication that really is important to me. And I can't assume that my guest wants that same level of sophistication. So I have to make sure that it's meeting their needs and what they can understand and receive. Now, we were talking before I started recording, uh, and I'd love to bring this up because you had a lesson today. You were out from nine until three in low single digits with this person and you said they had a great time how were you able to meet their needs and take care of them in such frigid temps well that's a really great question um you know once again i refer back to what we were just talking about about being recreation education and guest service and <laughs> um i think that first and foremost um in a in a setting like today being really really humanistic and recognizing that um, we're really under the influence of the, of the, uh, of the weather, et cetera, and, uh, pay close attention to Maslow's. I'll just leave it at that in other words. If we're feeling, um, that physiologically we are under assault, um, we're certainly not going to be set up very well for learning. So it was, you know, a ton of, you know, face checks, hand checks, you know, getting ourselves warm, keeping ourselves moving, making sure that anytime that we needed to check understanding or talk about skiing at all, it had to be done either in the shelter out of the wind or inside during a quick break or in the warmth of the gondola. And then on snow is about moving an application first and foremost. Which leads me right into my next question. As a trainee and a trainer, uh, what are really some of the ways we can take best advantage of our training times, times that we're working together? That's a great idea. I mean, that's a great question. Um, you know, when I'm in the role as a trainer, 
I have to remember that it's much like when I teach kids that I have two guests. I have the child and the parent. And so when I'm a trainer, I have two guests. I have the person who is employing me to take out the training, which might be the trainee in front of me, right? If it's a PSI clinic, but if it's a PSI certification clinic, there's that standard that I have to work with. Um, but if I'm at my home resort, my home resort is the one that's paying me to to train. So, uh, for instance, the the clinic that you and I skied in over the weekend um, or, or, or earlier in the week, um, I was brought in to cover some some very specific areas. And as long as I make sure that the trainees are really heard and that their voices, but they also recognize there are some parameters that I need to work within. And so the reason I go, you know, with this definition or to create this context is that um, I think that, that, that communication coming into any training setting, you know, finding out, you know, before you even attend a training setting, what is going to be trained there? Who are going to be the other trainees and attendees? And, and, you know, potentially what is going to be the content? And so stepping into a training setting, knowing what is going to be covered, and then to the best of your ability, come in prepared. You know, in a, in a general sense, I would say for any training moving along in, in their uh, development as a professional, the more you study, and it doesn't even have to be in a training setting, but the more you study really good skiing, and that can be through the books and manuals that are so, so wonderfully provided for us by PSIA. Um, there are other, you know, wonderful access to um, skiing and, and, and thoughts about skiing. But there's also, of course, in with the, you know, the age of YouTube, there's just incredible images out there. And really watch a lot of really good, really watch good skiing and, and, and understand it to the best you can. And hand in hand with that goes understand your own skiing. So video is just, it's so critical and it's so helpful in terms of understanding your own skiing next to and compared to really, really good skiing. Um, and, 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 and I shouldn't make necessarily make that contrast because your own skiing could be very, very good, but find somebody that you think is that next step so that when you now the trainee comes into a training setting, you have a framework. You have a pretty good idea about where you are. You have a pretty good idea about where you want to go. And you know that you have put yourself into a setting that is going to meet your needs. You know, that was a very easy question for me to ask because I was really observing you over the last couple of days. And I knew you came in with uh, some goals that the area had for you. But then you had all these disparate goals from all the people that had signed <laughs> up for the clinic. And you actually put it all together and made it a very valuable weekend. Um, that can be one of the most challenging things for any educator. And it doesn't matter whether it's a trainer or an instructor. <laughs> uh, because we, you know, quite often have all of those differences, differences of um, needs and abilities, differences of desires and motivations, differences of setting. And so, you know, that's where, you know, when, when we first started talking about a task, that's, you know, I, I, I come, I loop back around to that original question in that what we're developing in a task or a drill is not the task or the drill, the outset of it or the performance of it. We're, we're juggling the variables. And, and if I take the components of skiing, those, those five fundamentals, and, and as long as um, I keep all of the needs of the guests in mind, I can pair different guests up with different fundamentals all through the use of one task. Uh, 
and and that's one of the things that we played with with our with our group on snow earlier in the week and i thought that was a a really fun exploration and a lot of ahas going on about you could take a single task and you could approach it four different ways you know or five different ways through each of the fundamentals and then if you consider some of the differentiating applications that are are suggested and, and although they're suggested in a very different context in terms of developing instructors relative to national standards or assessing instructors relative to national standards if you take those same three variables of speed environment and accuracy now you can take that one task with those four different fundamentals and change the speed or the environment or the accuracy of how you're applying it to all your guests the sky's the limit and, and I think that that's what gives us the versatility. It's it's not undifferent. It's it's not unlike a, a really really good chef, and that they if they really know their ingredients and they're they're really good quality ingredients, they can make anything for anyone, and they don't have to follow a recipe. Or if they have a recipe, they can vary it to meet everybody's needs. And and I I think that's what we do. Yeah, I've been doing a series with Stephen Helfenbein about uh, training and preparation for our certification exams. And you're kind of really expounding on the message that uh, we really don't want to just be studying for an exam. We want to be working to really make our skills part of us, part of our teaching. Oh, absolutely. You know, I look at it, I, I, the way I look at it is an exam or an assessment is an opportunity to have um, have your skills looked at in a way that that compares them to a national standard and and those skills come from your teaching so in other words when i'm in an assessment setting i'm trying to really pay attention to and glean how they work with guests and so you know with that in mind our teaching is our laboratory it's it's what keeps us fresh it's it's what allows us to to try new things to take these variables and use them in different ways and if we're if we've done our homework and and we've done some training you know which sometimes means just independent practice at a very slow speed and figuring out how these these fundamentals feel in our body and how they make our ski work. So now when I present them to my guest, I have a very clear understanding and a very clear image to show them. And I get to practice along with them. So I get sharper in how I'm explaining them, how I'm using them, and I get to see how they respond to them. I mean, we never really know. You know, if anybody says they have an absolute formula and this works the same every time, I, 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 would, I question that because... There are so many accidental discoveries, you know, you, you, unintended consequences in a good way that, you, you know, you, you, you throw, you throw uh, a bunch of information at somebody and um, you never quite know, or not a bunch of information, a bunch of skills at somebody, and you never quite know how they're going to respond to it. And, and quite often there are some wonderful surprises. I've got to say, it was so illuminating and really fun to have you assign a skill that, you know, this is for edging. And then you would say, but I want you to look at rotary and the other fundamentals and skills that go along with that and teach to that with those different skills. And uh, it really made us think, but it, it actually, as we were working on it, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, I totally see how this affects this, this and this. Oh, you guys did a great job with that. That was really fun. You know, we took a single, a singular task. We just did a stepping into the fall line, and it could have been a a step turn or a thousand step turn, right? You can you can certainly vary it to, 
to meet the needs of, of any learner, but then to have one group of you take a look at that task and do a little presentation based on edging skills or rotary skills or pressure control skills. And, you know, it was helpful certainly to set up the parameters that, you know, you need to have a body and a ski performance and, and you need to be, you know, making it relative to a phase of the turn. And, you know, everybody did a really good job recognizing the kind of terrain that was going to work best. Um, and even the phase of the turn, you know, I love the way that you guys took it and made it, uh, you know, relative to the bottom of the turn, thinking that, you know, potentially your guest was a little bit uncomfortable if there was a motivational need that me- that meant that needed to be met and the security of coming out of the fall line and using the skill development there. So, you know, it just, I, I hopefully it, it, it gave everybody a little bit of context that it's not about having a huge bag of tricks. It's, it's about recognizing that there are already wonderful lists of tasks and drills. And what really is important is how you find the, 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 the essence of the fundamental in there in the body and the ski performance and how can you make that relative to your guest and paint it right back into their whole skiing and make it about how their whole skiing will be different in uh, whatever environment is best going to meet their needs. Now, in conclusion, I would like to talk about the exam maneuvers, exam tasks. And mm-hmm. as trainers, we have people coming up and saying, you know, I really want to work on this task because I want to see that I'm doing it right. I want to see that I'm doing it to standard. Should we take that into account? Or again, do we want to teach the skill, not the drill? Oh, you know where I'm going to answer that. Of course <laughs> we I absolutely do. <laughs> need to teach. It absolutely needs to be about the skill and not the drill. And, uh, you know, keeping in mind that each division is approaching this a little bit differently. So, um, of course, I'm working in Rocky Mountain Division, and our approach is that. Uh, and, and it changes at each level. But, you know, at level one, even, we, we take a task and we look at it as a, pra- as a platform. And for us to then really highlight or look at a specific skill or a specific blend of skills. And we're, we are not looking for perfection. We're not looking for um, a final form of the task itself. We're looking for skillfulness within the elements of the fundamentals and even looking over the course of the day and looking from one task to the next. And, you know, how does somebody turn their legs in this task relative to that task? And could it be, you know, in, in any setting, one of the things that we have to ask ourselves on, uh, uh, you know, on a regular basis as, as we're watching, looking at a candidate is if somebody is having a hard time succeeding, is it that they have a fundamental deficit? In other words, is there, is there something about how they're trying to use their body to turn their legs or to tip their legs, et cetera, that, that isn't quite working? Or can they tip their legs and turn their legs, but they're having a hard time understanding how it creates a blend back into whole skiing? Because those are two very different things in terms of an assessment based on our national standards. So, um, you know, once again, it's, it's always about the, the skills, not the drills. Anything you'd like to add in conclusion? No, just uh, thank you very much for broaching this topic. I, th- I think it's one that um, I would hope that your listeners hear this as an opportunity for skillfulness, not perfection. In other words, if they're skillful and they're versatile in their application, then they get to be so much more effective with their guests 
instead about looking for that one magic way of making one magic turn in order to be successful, you know, with a certification setting that really has nothing to do with the needs of their guests. And, and, and it's an important message that, that we really need our, you know, all of our membership to hear. And um, hopefully this is what's being represented in, in their training and in their materials and, um, and in their own, um, just their own understanding and performance. Jen Metz, it's been great chatting with you. Thanks so much for taking the time. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm looking forward to skiing with you again. Let me know when you're in my neck of the woods. I will definitely do that. From the PSIA ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.